Christian Parenting. Are you struggling to balance your modern life and your faith? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Legacy Dads Podcast with Lance and Dante, offering biblical-based wisdom and that weekly dose of what truly works in men's lives. The Legacy Dads Podcast, real men, authentic faith. Here are your hosts of the Legacy Dads Podcast. They're authentic, transparent, and not always politically correct. Lance and Dante. Hey everyone, um, this is Dante and my partner Lance from some undisclosed location in the desert uh, with his wife Jen. Lance, uh, over Lance, are you there? Or are you overlanding, underlanding, underwater? You know where are you at, brother? I'm here. I'm here. I still, I still don't have it? my, I, I don't have my Tesla Starlink yet. Like uh, my buddy, you're Earl. working on that. Our buddy Earl up in Canada got his uh, Tesla Starlink today. I'm jealous because I've been signed up a lot well, longer how, than him. I thought you have like more inroads. How come you don't have yours? Yeah, I don't know. He's it's that it's that uh, Canadian privilege that he's got up there. Well, or you got you you got to start like greasing the wheels, the Canadian wheels, my friend. I mean, what's going on here? I know, I know. I'm at the well, wrong let, 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 I'm at the wrong latitude <laughs> or for uh, Elon Musk or something. I don't know. Maybe it can't handle the desert heat right now. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> know what they Maybe. say about that, right? Can't take the heat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Can't take the heat. Get out of the kitchen, baby. <laughs> Legacy Dads is your weekly dose of biblical manhood. This podcast is for men, husbands, and fathers in all stages of life where we promote and advocate proven biblical principles for leaving a lasting legacy. Um, you know, Lance, we had a, a couple uh, conversations of points made, um, our closed Facebook, and I just kind of wanted to address it. And, uh, you know, instead of just going back and forth text or, you know, one one comment, another comment, two comments, three comments, I thought it would be a really good place to, you know, go back to your olden days, you know, uh, when that mind was sharp, you know, you were like, what, 4% body fat and, uh, you know, not living off the, the land of retirement that you're in now. But, you know, you were in a, a successful and when I say successful, I define success as where they are spiritually and their temperature um, but you were doing Fight Club. And, you know, I go back to when I took over men's ministry at our church uh, 2007, 13 years ago, you know, started with six guys that, you know, came back from a men's conference and they wanted to go deeper and they wanted to go a little bit more in accountability. And I wasn't a part of this original six, but it was their heart that they wanted, they, they wanted they knew and they wanted to go deeper and they, the only way they knew they could uh, get together, go deeper was through true uh, biblical accountability. And so these guys decided to meet and then they realized the thing that they had and then they decided that we needed to be uh, open ended and invite more people to come into this. And, you know, whereas men of faith, I would say is kind of, you know, come one, come all in the sense that, uh, what what it has uh, came or come to today is, you know, we meet the first four Saturdays of every month. Uh, we have worship, so we'll do about three or four songs with a live band, and then we'll go into our large group uh, facilitator, where they'll either do a book of the Bible, a man of the Bible, or a testimony, and and relate it back as we did the last year in 2020 to discipleship principles or to building disciples. And then we'll go into small group. And to me, that's where, you know, men of faith is a special place in my heart because truly the rubber meets the road. And uh, that's where, you know, what's said there stays there. Uh, rule number one, rule number two used to be what's said there stays there. Now it's snitches get stitches. And that's where I think we really see the spirit truly moving in men's lives is that people are being raw they're being honest or being vulnerable, not about what we want to see, but they're being actual in where they're at. And uh, we've had some beautiful conversations, um, some talks some prayer. And, you know, that's just a general broad blanket, you know, brush statement as far as uh, my men's ministry. We're going to deeper as far as our listeners say, if, if you're in your church or you're craving to meet with other men, but Lance, why don't you, for our listeners, start out with, you know, one, how did Fight Club come about? Two, what was the good? What's the bad? What is the, you know, the overall outcome of, of that ministry and the fruit that you're seeing for it? Why don't, you, why don't you walk us through one option here as far as beginning into a men's ministry for guys that want to start something in their local church? 
Yeah. So um, I'll give you my experience on this. So my men's ministry at the time, I think the church, the church we were attending was probably about 1500 at the time. Um, and the men's ministry was literally like six guys that would get together. Um, hmm. I think they were all probably in their sixties or, or, you know, older. Um, they would basically get together and, uh, kind of just let's, Hey, let's read through this uh, scripture. Uh, they'd have a book of the Bible and kind of go through it. And, 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 um, I, I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. I'm not going to put that down or, or say anything like that, but, where I was at in my life, um, I was looking for something that was a little bit more uh, transformational and that f- mm-hmm. that I-, I wanted discipleship and I wanted discipleship um, that was had an accountability piece to it as well. That That's kind of what I was craving for. And so I'll, I'll be honest, Dante, and this is just and, and this could change. You know, this I think this is you have to look at. You know, if you're starting a men's ministry, what's the makeup of your church? What are, what are the age ranges of the men? What is the uh, what are what are men looking for in your church? And I think in some aspects, if, if you've got a you know a generally older population of men, and they just want to get together and you know have community type of events, um, certainly you can just kind of do like a small group type of thing. Um, and and again, I, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But what what I was looking for and what I what I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of men's ministries that was kind of just like a social hour. It was like, let's get together, let's drink some coffee, mm-hmm. let's have donuts, let's talk about sports. Yeah, breakfast, let's have dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. pancake breakfast, whatever, right? Um, and then maybe we'll sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle a little prayer and scripture in there. Kind of, you know, and, and this is again, I'm not saying this is everyone, I'm generalizing, but... A lot of it was kind of superficial, never got real, you know, depth. There was no depth there really, a whole lot. We never got into issues like, uh, you know, hey guys, I'm on the verge of divorce. I need some help here. Uh, that would never come up in those times. It was kind of just a superficial social gathering, if you will. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and this is a time too, you got to remember back, I'm I'm uh, I'm working full time. I've got other ministry stuff going on. I got to get on do podcasts all the time with Dante. I mean, I'm busy uh, raising kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I was busy, and 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 I was just kind of being honest. I talked to this senior pastor, and I said, "Listen, I don't need a I don't need a social gathering. Like I've got I've got that I've got friends I can hang out with. I've got colleagues and workers I can hang out. With. I got I'm not looking for a social hour." I'm looking for something that's going to get me to the next level in my Christian walk. That's going to discipline me and disciple me to be more of a man of God. Um, So what I ran into was um, it was when Dante, you and I were out in doing a big men's conference in Indianapolis. um, And I ran into this guy, a pastor by the name of Jim Brown out of um, Indiana who had developed this uh, kind of a similar uh, um, uh, curriculum. And, and his idea for, for men's ministry was, listen, um, we're going to take men, men that are ready, men that say in that same boat, okay? Men that say, I'm ready to go to the next level. I want to go deeper. I want to go, uh, I want to I start walking the walk a little bit more. I've been trying to do it on my own and I've just, I, I haven't been able to do it. I haven't been consistent, whatever. I need some accountability here. That's the type of guy this was modeled after. And then what Fight Club did is it said, okay, if you're saying this is, you're ready for this, what we are going to do is you're going to, we're going to sign a contract. It's voluntary. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I look at it as, um, the way our, our special operations or, uh, some of our special units in the military are, they'll tell you right away, it's voluntary at any time. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to uphold the standards, there's the door you can leave. However, you know, these are the standards of this organization. This is what we're going to do. And, and, and you need to, we're not going to lower the standards for you. We are going to try to equip you and encourage you to meet the standards. Does that, does that make sense? That if I say it, don't yep. Yeah. Yep. You're, you're, okay. you're set, you're setting the bar. Yeah. You're setting the bar. Um, so what we did was basically said, okay, guys, we're going to go on this, uh, 12 week discipleship journey. 
Um, we're going to ask you to do some things. We're going to ask you um, uh, to abstain from alcohol. We're going to ask you to abstain from pornography. And then each week, we are going to challenge you. We're going to challenge you physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And the idea is to get you outside of your comfort zone in all these areas. Um, now, for some people... Um, and I'll just tell you this from experience. Some people, the physical stuff was tough, right? You know, if you're not a physical stud, some guys struggle with the physical stuff. If you're somebody who hasn't been, you know, not consistently reading your Bible, uh, maybe some of the intellectual stuff was going to be tough for you. Um, the relational stuff, if you're not a person that's, you know, you don't talk to people during church service and we say, hey, we want you to go introduce yourself to 10 new guys that you've never met before at this weekend's service. That's getting out. That's a stretch for some people. So there's something there for everybody. It was getting you out your comfort zone, and really focusing on obedience and spiritual disciplines, and then having a group of guys that would hold you accountable for this 12 week process. And so that was that was the intent behind this. It was an accountability and discipleship program that kind of forced you out of your comfort zone, and forced mm-hmm. you to kind of get to that next step. And then uh, what we did through that was. Every time somebody would graduate uh, running a fight club, so a guy goes 12 weeks, he makes it through the whole thing. Um, we Now, what we looked at in the men's ministry is we said, okay, this person, we're not saying this person is a leader. We're not saying that, you know, um, we're going to put them in charge of, you know, the, uh, uh, I don't know, one of the church ministries. All we're saying is that this guy has demonstrated for 12 weeks he can be... Uh, uh, discipline. He can he can be obedient to God's word, and he can follow. He can be trusted. Yeah, be trusted. So what we did then is we said, now let's give him a couple of guys he can mentor. So the next mm. time we go through Fight Club, we make that guy what we call the squad leader. So now that guy is a mentor to three other guys who are going through that same process, and he's going to say, okay, guys, here's you know I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to my guys every week. How's everybody doing? Is everybody staying off porn? I know it's, you know, temptation. Let's talk about some scripture, you know, so there, there it's kind of this, you're replicating and getting some leadership inside the men's ministry. That's what we were looking at doing. But the whole purpose of this, I think was again, moving, it was transforming men, moving the guys from where they were to kind of, I want to be more obedient to God's word. I want to be more disciplined in maybe my, uh, my scripture reading or just my walk. Um, it was for that type of men. And we absolutely had some guys that said, I don't want to be a part of this. Timing's bad, just whatever. Um, and, and we said, hey, we get it. And I think on a, on a negative aspect, some could say as this, you know, how it differs from men of faith is it wasn't a, hey, come one, come all. We were right. trying to say, again, going There's back, a cost. There's a cost. And we were going back to the standards of, listen, these are the standards. We're not lowering the standards for you. The idea is you push yourself to meet the standards. Um, and, 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 and when we're talking about standards, none of this stuff was hard. It's like, we want you to open your Bible every day. Uh, we want you to, you know, wash the toilet this week for your wife. We want you to go uh, pray for somebody. That, I mean, these are, we're not asking you to like, you know, climb Mount Everest or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. th- these are things we honestly, Dante, they're things that we, we should really be doing as Christians anyways. And all it was, was especially putting, legacy dads. Yeah. Especially like that. So it was just putting an accountability piece to that. And the way we went about it. Um, and I want to stop talking to let you jump back in here, but the way we went about it, we did kind of, we, we, we made it that way. Like, Hey, this isn't for everybody. And if, if it's not for you, that's fine. We're not going to look down on you. We're not going to say anything, but again, these are the standards. We're not lowering the standards. The idea is to push yourself to be obedient to God's word and to have spiritual disciplines for 12 weeks. Some people took that as, oh, you're being elitist or you're being, you know, you're not inclusive of everybody. And so we made some, we made some changes along the way. We said, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to have a large gathering where um, everybody's invited. Let's just get together. We'll do a normal Bible study. Um, Anybody can come to that. But then within Mm -hmm. that, you've also got guys who are doing the 12 week, um, you know, decide committed. Yeah. Committed guys. Yeah. And, and, and the idea behind that too is, you know, you have guys that say, man, I don't know if I'm ready for that. They get around a few guys who are, who've gone through the 12 weeks or who are doing the 12 weeks and it gets them familiar. And it says, you know what? I think I could do this. Maybe I'm ready to do this now. 
or I want what those guys have. I see how on fire that guy is. I see how that guy, that guy used to never say a word. And now, man, he's speaking up and he's got scripture coming out of his mouth and he's leading his family and he's a spiritual leader of his home. Like, I want what that guy has. And that's what we saw is as this thing took off, um, and, and we weren't trying to be this way either, but I mean, you would see it. You'd see a guy would get baptized and 20 brothers all wearing their Fight Club t-shirts are on stage with their brother, supporting their brother. And, you know, you got wives in the crowd looking at their husbands like, hey, why, why aren't you with those guys? Why don't you have a group of guys like that? Or why aren't you part of that? Um, hmm. And it, it created that idea of, of brotherhood, of, um, you know, hey, we're all in this together. We're going to help each other through this. And, and it really, I think we pushed each other to be better men and husbands and fathers and, and Christian men. And much like men of faith too, we really, you know, from the very first time you walked into a meeting, we would go deep really quick. So it's like, Hey, what sins are you struggling with? Let's get them. We're not going to take 10 weeks to get to know each other. Let's just get it on the table. Now we're all sinners. What's your sin? Let's get on, let's do it and let's share. And and you'd get guys that would show up to their first time ever. And, you know, I remember we had one guy, it's like, I've been to church in five years, uh, showed up and all of a sudden he's just bawling his eyes out talking about sin and repentance. And, and you're like, oh, I mean, that is a Holy Spirit. I mean, that's God moving in that man's life. And you see stuff like that. And so that's the atmosphere we tried to create is, listen, you better be ready, you know, buckle, you know, sit down and buckle up because this isn't going to be uh pancake social where we're just chit chatting. Uh, it's going to be deep and you're going to hear some guys share some stuff, deep wounds and scars that go deep. And if you're not ready for that, you know, maybe just maybe go to the you know Bible study or something like that. Um, and I don't want to mm. sound like it kind of sounds elitist or arrogant, but that's just the atmosphere we had. And that was the men we it was for men that said, man, I need to get deep i need to uh to be pushed and i really want to be more uh held accountable spiritually and that's the environment we created um and that's kind of the the consensus of it in a nutshell what, what's the the john elder elders book lance um, uh wild at heart wild wild at heart yeah. wild at heart yeah, wild heart. yeah I, I think a book uh, like the why that did so well is because like every one of us and, and men, you know, we want to be men, you know, we want to do things without being, you know, judged. We want to be able to, you know, if we want to go out in the woods, we want to go fish, you know, we want to go hunt. We want to just be who God made us to be. Yeah. We don't want to, you know, be this, this modern man that, you know, is looking more and acting more like a woman, you know, and all that. It's just to be a man. And, you know, you look in the biblical terms, David, you know, was a man's man. I mean, he was a guy that, you know, played an instrument. He was a guy that was emotional, but, you know, he was a warrior. And he had, you know, men, you know, 400 mighty men that uh, were men of valor, that were men of, of just basically um, those that society rejected, and and they did extraordinary things together. And I think, you know, that's the cry of every man, you know, is every man's battle is what, what we struggle for. And I, and I, I love what you're saying there, Lance, because, you know, it, it, it was an elitist. It was like, hey, I don't want to sit there and be this couch potato or this guy that's drinking a 24 pack of beer every night, going into pornography, going into lust, just being a you know a piece of crap with my wife and my kids. I really need this to go deeper, and I think that's the heart of it, you know. And and men of faith, that you know, I think from the the context of you know where six men started and they wanted to go deeper, you know, we realized the essence of you know where we're at today, where we're at. And when we first started, when I took over in 2007, you know, we were meeting with a boom box, you know, for some Christian music to open up um, with, you know, anywhere from six to six to 12 guys sitting around, you know, our, our boardroom where, you know, some meetings would be. And then we morphed out of that room where it just got bigger and then it got bigger. And finally, we're down in what we call the garage where the youth ministry meets and all that, you know, it has a stage, has a setup, very wide open space. But, you know, that's to fit it. And and the reality of it is people say, well, Dante, what's the success to your ministry? And I think you'd say the same thing about Fight Club. It, it has nothing to do with Lance. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with Dante or the personalities that do that. It's a simple formula. The formula is we bring men together. You know, we do worship to open our hearts. 
we get into the word of God and then we let the Holy Spirit do the rest. And what you're saying, Lance, I think is the same essence of men of faith in a, in a roundabout way of how we both get there, you know, is that we're being real, we're being open and we're just being, you know, real with who we are and not afraid to have the difficult conversation. Um, So the way, you know, in some ways that I structure men of faith and I want to come back to you, Lance, because, um, I think it's important to get into the detail of the leadership, the structure, and and how that builds around like what you're doing on a weekly basis. But for for men of faith, you know, um, we currently have I think 19 facilitators, and you know, I think there's probably another four to five that are guests or that'll come on, and then we'll, we'll we're never afraid to tap somebody if we know their story or their testimony. You know, marriage saved a guy that you know gave up his life, you know, to uh, drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever. One of these days we're going to have a, a really close friend of mine on uh, for an interview, Joe, just to hear his story. But, you know, we get these facilitators and and what makes them different from any other guy? Um, they don't have it perfect. They're not all together and they're, they're not sinless. I mean, they, they're sinners, but they're humble. Um, they're definitely honest and they're open with right where they're at with God. So when I see humility in somebody and I see somebody that's raw and honest, meaning they don't have all the boxes checked. They don't have it, you know, all together, the perfect Christian on Sunday, and then they're raging hell Monday through Saturday. They're being real with who they are, where their marriage is, where they are with their relationships, their kids. And and those to me are men that I'll look to ask or tap on the shoulder to say, be facilitators. And, you know, we have a couple do's and don'ts in men's ministry. And for me, the do's are, you know, be a shepherd. The don't is not a teacher, be a group guide, not a know-it-all narrator, uh, to be, you know, um, uh, the kind of men or man that men respond to best, you know, the leaders that uh, help others find answers, not to be somebody that shows off your knowledge, you know, help to facilitate lively discussions, you know, don't show up men whose theology or Bible understanding is is still in the development or like the, the, the beginning stage and to show them Christ you know, and then also to do, you know, the a foundation of prayer. And, you know, we definitely tell them don't do it or don't try to do it without God. And so those are the kind of prerequisites. Like if you're going to facilitate, you're going to definitely tell me that these are the, the do's and the don'ts that you're going to adhere to. And, you know, we get that. And it, what I like is um, I had a guy that, you know, met with the, the room and he's a guy that runs our Celebrate Recovery Ministry. And so we complement each other really well between these two ministries. But he goes, you know what you're really missing? And I go, what are we missing? And he goes, you need you need live worship. And I just kind of looked at him and I knew him and I knew his heart. And I knew how open he was. And I said, what do you mean I lead, I, we need live worship? She goes, you need live worship. You need music. You need instruments. You need uh, vocals. You just need to do this. And I said, so is this something you're willing to take on? And not only did he take it on back then, you know, it's it's a full-fledged band. And, I mean, I'm telling you, I'd put this band against anybody out there in any kind of worship scenario, uh, what they can play, what they can tackle. But it, it's just awesome. And so he took that part. And then there's another guy that started taking the tech part and another guy. And there are people that are just stepping up. And so it's not one personality that's driving it. It's a bunch of humble men uh, that want to get closer to God. I have one guy, um, you know, uh, he knows who he is. He's a listen to this podcast. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, his marriage was dead. And all intents and purposes, he knew all the Bible answers. He knew all the right, all the wrong. And we met up, and, and between me and a couple other brothers that he really walked with for about two years, we got him to finally give up on trying to take the narrative with his wife and just to go vertical with his relationship with God. So you talk about fight club, Lance, this guy went deep into it. Um, he stopped, you know, looking for accusations or, or whatever to his wife. He turned his wife over to the Lord and, you know, fast forward, that goes back about five or six years ago. Um, he's a completely different guy. And, you know, now his wife, uh, ran out of all the reasons why, you know, he was a problem because he was a problem. And now she's dealing, you know, with her stuff. And the, the, the point that I'm meaning is that both of them were sinners married, dealing with stuff they had to do. But until this brother took the spiritual leadership, 
I don't think it gave their marriage the chance that he needed it to have, and that was letting God center the marriage. And so where he's at today because of these men that invested their time, um, you know, James 5, 16, confess your sins to one another, pray for each other uh, that you may be healed. You know, only God, his son, Jesus Christ, forgives sin. But I think his brother James, why he, why he said that to us is because, like you say, Lance, Fight Club, you know, we're, we're going to agree to get off pornography. We're not going to drink. We're going to be, you know, um, pure and, and, and search purity and discipleship. And I think with Men of Faith, too, is the reality of it is when you take that step closer to God, you know, no matter what we think we do or how we program or what, I hate those two words, program or think. But when we draw nearer to God, he draws nearer to us. So, you know, in implementation, it, it's just being real. Um, if you're looking to start a men's ministry, whether it be a men of faith or a fight club-esque or something along that line, um, it's just coming together, realizing that men need to be discipled. And once you make that commitment to disciple another man, I don't care if you have two guys, three guys, ten guys. When you're faithful with a little, God will be faithful with a lot that'll start coming to you. Lance, give me some things that you know, Fight Club took it to, like squad leaders. How are you taking that? What does that yeah. look like? And how did you see that develop? So I, I would say the same thing as we looked at um, – so we we actually – we had a process. We had the the 12-week process that, that developed leaders in us. And I would say what – here's what I saw of that um, – a lot of diversity. So you had, uh, you had young guys, you had old guys, you had white guys, black guys, Hispanic guys, Asian guys. Um, you had, uh, introverts, extroverts. You had guys who knew scripture very well on a, on a, on a intellectual or head knowledge level. You had guys that never cracked the Bible before in their lives. Um, but what we looked for similar things that, that sense of humility, um, mm-hmm. that sense of realness and rawness. And I think the thing we were looking at most is the application of biblical truth to their lives and seeing evidence of that. And so I'll give you an example of, um, you know, so you may have a guy who, uh, you know, is, is, uh, I'll give you a perfect example of this guy. Um, I won't use his name on here, but, um, very, very smart guy, uh, very introverted, barely ever said a word. Right. Um, but love to get into God's word. Um, and, and, uh, was, he's one of these, uh, uh, guys that's so smart. Like the guy, literally the dude worked for NASA. Right. But when it, when when it comes to social interactions and, and, uh, discussions, it was just talking and having, you know, um, social interactions was tough for him, let alone the guy would never public speak. Right. Well, we, we did a big men's event. We were doing a conference one time and I asked him, I said, uh, I really want you, I want you to speak. I want you to get up and speak in front of these guys. Um, and I knew, I knew some of his background, what was going on in his life. And, uh, so his wife had a medical condition to where, uh, so he, he had waited, uh, he had waited to, to have sex till he got married. Um, soon after they were married, um, his wife came down with a condition to where she, it was physically painful for her to have sex. And then he got up in front of these group of men and broke down and said, talked about how hard that this sexual, you know, purity and waiting that long. And then now to have that taken away from you and having to deal with lust and pornography and feeling that, that feeling of justification, like, God, I waited, I did everything you said and it, what the hell got, you know, like this isn't fair. Yeah. This um, is what I get. Yeah. yeah. And, and mm. man, that guy, the whole, I mean, it was like the Holy spirit overtook him and you heard this raw testimony of a guy struggling, but what wanted to be true to God and want to be true to his, his bride. And I mean, it was that, that's the type of guys we're looking for. Right. Um, and I think that's what it is. It, it's not, you don't have to be this, heady, you know, intellectual guy that can, you know, uh, parse Greek and, you know, Hebrew and all. I mean, we had some of those guys, but it was really the guys who were wrestling. I would say wrestling with their faith and the application of that faith and wrestling against flesh, against sin. And to see that 
played out and to see guys and leaders be real and say, guys, I am struggling with this too. Um, let, you know, here's how I'm working through this thing. And it just, it created that environment again. Like you said, Dante, I think everybody realized that the idea of our gatherings wasn't to get together and to show how smart you were. It wasn't to get together and, uh, you know, take the spotlight and put it on yourself. It was, I want to, if, if I'm living in sin, I'm going to repent that sin and I'm going to repent to my brothers in this private space where we can hold things. But I want you guys to help me. I want God to help me. I want to turn away from this sin and I want to start living my life, uh, according to being obedient to God and and into what, what Christ told me I need to live. And that's the guys we were looking for. The guy that said, man, I want to do this stuff, but I'm struggling and I need help. And it was those guys that shined. And I think when you you get a room and like you said, Dante, whether it's a room of two guys, five guys, a hundred guys, um, doesn't matter. doesn't matter when you see somebody with that brutal honesty and that they say, I'm trying to be a good husband. I am trying to be a good man of God and, and I'm struggling through this and I need your help guys. Um, it creates that brotherhood where everybody wants to help that person. And then other guys start opening up. They're like, well, he's struggling with that, man. I'm struggling. Let me tell you what I'm struggling with. And then it creates that atmosphere of transparency and authenticity where you get down to the core deep sin issues that guys are struggling with that. I just, I, I never, you don't really see it. A lot of other men's ministries I've been to, it's just kind of this superficial stuff. And, and I, I love what you said too, Dante. I think, one of the things we tried to do again was, you know, it was almost, I don't want to kind of like AA. That's the best way I could say it. Right. It's like, <laughs> if it's your first time at AA, you're, you're talking tonight, you know? Um, but to, to no, to create that atmosphere where it's like encouraging people to talk and to have discussions. And um, I think that's what it was is as a leader, it's, you might throw a, a confrontational question out in the group, or you might, make a statement that's, uh, you know, Hey, I'm struggling with this and then just shut up and let the group of guys yep. take it and see. And I don't know how many times, I think you and I talked about this too, Dante, where how many times where sometimes you sit in that uncomfortable silence to let the Holy spirit you do let the, the work Holy man. spirit. And that guy that never talks lays out this testimony of something he was struggling with and how God, came into that situation and changed his life. And we saw that over and over and over again. And like I said, to, to see somebody that hasn't been to church in five years, walk into a men's ministry one night because somebody invited them and just to repent and to give their, their life to Christ. And just to uh, a broken person that realized they were living in sin and now they want to turn away from that. I mean, that to me, that's amazing. That's, that's, that is God and the Holy Spirit at work in that, in that area. And that's, that's what we, that's what we were trying to create. Um, and, mm. and not in a artificial way in any sense, it had to be real. It had to be authentic. Um, and I think that's what attracted guys to it as well. And I'm sure it's the same thing with men of faith. It's this, I want to be real. I want to be authentic. And I think that's the thing you said too, Dante. It's like, let's be guys. Let's not try to sugarcoat this, right? And so you right. had guys Just be, in there. Just be who God made you to yeah. be. Yeah, and you know, God, you, had, you had some guys who were rough around the edges. Some of the guys came in there, they might have been hitting the bottle in the car because that's what they're struggling with, right? <laughs> and you could smell booze on the guy, yeah. but you're like, hey, brother, you're in the right place, man. Let's sit down and come on. Let's let's pray. Um, right. Or, you know, the guy that's dropping the F-bomb left and right in the church and you're like, whoa, whoa yeah, I don't know. Who we, you know, that's, that's the realness of it. And nobody judged them. Nobody looked down on them. It was this sense that, man, we are all broken and that's why we all need Jesus Christ. And that's why we're all here. And, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it's, it's magical to see that. I really do. And I, you know, Dante and I, you and I have talked about this where we were in these environments where, uh, it, it's not to us. It seemed like the norm, but in many mm-hmm. churches, in many men's ministries, that is not the norm. And, and so I think, I mean, the only way I can say it is you have to create it. You have to want it and you have to create it. And if you have to, as a leader or as a facilitator, step out in faith and start making that happen um, to to try to push for those things. Uh, the, the, and that's the only way you can get to that point of where you have those types of breakthroughs and authenticity. I don't know. What do you think on that? 
I, I love that. I mean, it's just being raw. It, it's it, it's been, it's work in the field. I mean, you know, we, we read, you know, in in the uh, the gospels, you know, as far as uh, uh, this guy watered it, this guy plowed it, but it's the Holy Spirit that grows it. And I think when we look in, you know, the the parable, of the seed, you know, that's where we're landing. And I think we're looking for the ground and men's ministry to be fertile ground. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us, you know, think of, you know, big pomp and circumstance as far as it's got to be big because we're men. No, you know, I, I said to, you know, some guys, well, you know, this, the, you know, we have a church of 4,000 with our, our different locations and all that. And I'm like, you know, we should at least be 10% of this or 20%. And, you know, I, I wouldn't trade the 80 guys that we have meeting on Saturday for anything because it's 80 guys that, you know, are right where God wants them. And the fact is that they're they're faithful and maybe they're going someplace, you know, or they're, they're where they're at. But right where they're at is where God wants them. And so, yeah, it's easy for me to do big. You know, we can do a grit lance where we get, you know, three, four hundred people. We can do a men's conference. We do a men's breakfast. It's not about the numbers. For me, it's about the cost and the faithfulness of having like-minded men willing to go deeper and willing to meet weekly. And when we have that and we do have that, um, it's a special thing. And so for the listeners that are out there, if you're really planning and you're really serious about doing it, um, even if you do it in the context of, yes, I want to talk to my elders, I want to talk to the pastor or the leaders, you know, and say, hey, I would like to start a men's ministry or I'd like to serve in your men's ministry. And this is my hope is is approach it with a humble heart. You know, do some prayer, do some fasting, you know, really set your heart on what you want it to look like. And, you know, go to Matthew 28. You know, the 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 law is laid down. You know, the the assignment for us is to go and make disciples, not just Christians, to make disciples. And and how do we do that? You know, Jesus gave us the model. I mean, he can do it in a, uh, you know, a seven mile walk. Um, on the road to Emmaus, or he can do it with, uh, you know, 12 ordinary men for three years. And I think he did 12 ordinary men for three years to give us a path that if you want to get raw, you want to get real, and you really want to see fruit and discipleship making, you have to have a men's ministry that's going to commit to at least three years to see that kind of fruit. And I I think the reality of it is, you know, that may seem overwhelming, but if you're doing a men's ministry like Lance and I are talking about Fight Club, Men of Faith, it's one of those ones. I've been in this for 13 years, um, and I, I don't ever second guess the fact that I need to be a part of that. And whether or not I'll continue to lead it or not is totally up to God. Um, but I've got men that want to do it. They want to do it with me. And as long as it's never about Dante or never about Lance, I'll be a part of that ministry. Um, and and the point is that it's it's opening the word of God. It's being real with who we are. And it's just being faithful with who God brings each and every Saturday uh, to that group. In our other campuses, we have uh, different um, men's ministries. Some meet Wednesday mornings, some meet Wednesday evenings, uh, some do Bible studies, some do book studies. But the fact of the matter is there's a, there's a, a agreement that we need to go deeper. There's agreement that we need to get into God's word. I, I've got one young guy, um, you know, he has a uh, special needs daughter and he was talking, he, he meets regularly with about 10 12 really raw minded guys, you know, just barely, you know, on the tip of going deeper, but they meet Thursday night, you know, at a, uh, at a brewery Mm -hmm. and, you know, one beer, two beers tops, but they, they do literally a Bible study and they talk about real life. And I just smile at that, you know, where, when I first came into men's ministry, I would never have thought of, you know, to do something like that, but then just the rawness and the openness of, Hey, you know, we're here. Let's make sure that a brother that's with us doesn't have a problem with alcohol. Um, so there's some ground rules. But, you know, it, it's something as simple as, hey, just meeting men where they're at, um, being real with who you are, not being afraid to get into the mud with them. And once you get in the mud with them, taking it to that level of fight club, like, hey, guys, we really need to get into this 12 weeks. Take it into the vein of men of faith. Hey, we really want to open the word. We want to have raw, open conversations. And I think if you commit your ways to God's word, his truth, um, it'll take you to places that you can just, you know, say anything, but what you will say is, but God. And that's the kind of men's ministry that Lance and I want you to have is what we have because it's, but God. And it's only because of him 
that the men's ministries are what they are today. Lance, last thoughts. What do you want to say to our listeners? Yeah, I would say if you're a leader out there or uh, even if you're not a leader and you're looking at you want to do this, you want to start this, or I want something like that, I would use I, I would I would point you to a book called The Training of the Twelve. And it goes off of the basically the discipleship model that Jesus used. And if you look throughout scripture, what Jesus did with his uh, 12 was he essentially said, okay, I'm going to do when you watch me. Okay. So Jesus would preach or he would uh, perform a miracle or he would, what would he do? He would forgive a sinner. He would uh, do something blatantly um, in the face of the Jewish Pharisees or the, uh, 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 the, the Roman Empire of the day, but he would do it all in a context of biblical truth and and um, what, you know, doing it according to his will of his father. His disciples would watch him do that. They would see him model that. He would model grace and truth and love um, to his disciples. Then Christ would say, okay, now, Peter, uh, now you go and do this, and I'm going to sit here. I will be here. I'm going to be here. I'm going to watch uh, I want you to go do this. I want you to be in charge of that. Um, but I'm going to be by your side. And then the final, um, the final phase was, okay, now I am going to leave you and you're going to go and do this by yourself, but I'm going to send my Holy spirit to be with you and guide you. And now you are going to do, um, not just what I did, but even greater things. Um, so, that is the discipleship model. It's the discipleship model Jesus used. It's a discipleship model we can use in our men's ministry where you say, I'm going to model the actions and what I want to see in my, uh, in my, in my men's ministry group. Then I want men to come alongside and do the same things I'm doing. Um, whether that's, you know, scripture reading or being authentic or sharing sin or whatever it is. And then now I want you to replicate that. I want you to do that on your own. That's the new standard. That's what we're going to do. Or you go grab two other guys and now you lead them and you model for them and, and you replicate it that way. And and that is that model. I think that it has to start with the leader walking the walk. And um, again, you don't have to be perfect, but seeing you place an effort on striving towards uh, spiritual disciplines is, is probably the thing I would look at most is somebody doing that and modeling that to others, not just in words, but in actions as well. Um, that is a, is a model and I think it works. Um, I've seen other models to where people want to sell you. I'm not going to bring up the guy's name, but people want to sell you this kind of blueprint template that hey, you can, <laughs> you can, uh, like a, we're all on a, we're all on a conveyor we're on belt. A conveyor belt. Yeah you know, rolling out discipleship men. And I'm like, yeah, I just, there, there's, I, I don't think you can, you, you, there's not a template. There's not a, a, a foolproof blueprint. This isn't McDonald's. We're not making hamburgers. Um, it's, you're talking about men. You're talking about people. You're talking about experiences. You're talking about uh, allowing the Holy spirit to work in people's lives. So there's not, it has to be very organic. It's not, uh, it's definitely not a template or a blueprint or a program or whatever you want to call it. Um, but you can have some aspects of it that I think are foundational. And that's kind of what Dante and I've talked about in this podcast. Um, for those of you guys listening out there and we've had this before, guys said, well, I don't have that. Um, well, why not? Why not start or why not, uh, like I did go to the senior pastor and say, um, I really want to do something like this. Uh, I don't want anything from the church. I don't want any financial resources. I don't want to burden you or the staff or anybody else. I just want, can you pray on this? Could you see whether you, you see that there might be fruit in this or whether there, um, you feel that there's an affirmation for this? And then if there is, I would like to do this. I would like to, whether it's me and another guy, or I would like to work with the existing men's ministry, or um, I want to start a going deeper uh, men's, whatever it is, be that change, step up and be bold and have, you know, uh, be bold for God and, and be the one that says it's going to do that. Now, again, I caution you, what a lot of people do is they'll go to their pastor and say, you, we need to have this. You need to create a ministry like this. And no, that's not what we're saying. We're saying you be the one that goes and starts it and leads it and does it and, and gets all the resources. Don't be a burden to the local church or, or um, you know, asking for somebody else to do the work for you. Do the work um, and, and you can build this thing. That's, that's my recommendation to you. Or 
talk with existing ministry leadership if you already have an existing men's ministry and say, hey, listen, I'd really we really want to get deeper. I know some other guys that are really on this. Can we work together? Because I'd really like to create an atmosphere where we can talk a little bit deeper or more in depth on some topics, or I'd really like to do some of this stuff. Um, if that person that, that's leading that is a man of God, I think they'll be open and receptive to that and they'll understand it. And they would probably... Um, you know, like that somebody's volunteering and wanting to come alongside and help them with leading ministry, um, as long as it's for the right reasons, I would say. So with that, guys, um, I hope that gave you some tips. We do have a download. I'll put a link down in the show notes if you want to do that. Uh, we wrote a big, uh, I don't know what you call it, ebook or something like that on explaining some of these steps more in depth. It gives you some templates. It gives you some, you know, when to meet, how to meet, what to do. Um, and it's called, uh, I think it's called moving from milk to meat, right? Dante? Well, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Getting into the meat. Yep. I forgot about moving, that. That's moving good. From milk to we'll, meat. we'll put that out there. Yeah. So I'll put the, I'll put the link down in the show notes. If you guys want to download that, it is the low cost of nothing. So you can go do that and download that free, free, Woo. it's free. And if you buy one, if you buy two, you get one free as well. You get two more free. Two more free. Yeah. <laughs> it was completely free. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, go ahead and download that. Take a look at that. Um, again, let's give some resources. I, I said uh, twenty. The training of the twelve, I think, is a good resource. Um, if you're interested in the Fight Club curriculum, uh, I believe they're at Fight Club One Four One. I can't remember if it's dot com or dot org, but if you Google Fight Club One Four One, you'll get Pastor Jim Brown's site, and they'll have um, resources there on how to. If you want to become a chapter or affiliate or start your own Fight Club, you can do that, or just get. They've got a kit that they can give you that'll give you some um, some ideas on on how you can do some of that stuff. Uh, what's some other resources you can think of, Dante? Uh, Steve Farrar, um, yep, yep. He's, he's got some good material out there. I think Dave Scar mentioned. Uh, strong is the one I. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's some good stuff out there. And, you know, and above and beyond everything else, the word of God. I mean, uh, James, the book of James is big in our men's ministry. Um, Anything by Bonhoeffer. I was going to say Bonhoeffer. Any of Bonhoeffer's stuff yeah, on discipleship is really Yeah, good. and exactly. And he's got, he you know, a cost of discipleship, yep, yep. but really going in and just even doing some, you know, study of, of him as a man and those that surrounded him and the importance of discipleship and having your brothers uh, walk with you is, I think, what sustained him even to stay in Germany. I mean, he could have came to the U.S., had, had a lucrative ministry, um, probably get paid lots of money back in that time as far as relevant currency, but uh, the the understanding the the importance of why he needed to be there and the cost of discipleship to do that, um, he gave up everything to serve the Lord. Um, I, I just want to say, Lance, thanks for sharing. You know, for our listeners that were looking at how to start a men's ministry, um, these are some resources. Um, you can reach us out. You know, Lance and I also have uh, Buy Me a Coffee. Um, you know, we're available as far as uh, getting together and, and maybe even having a conference with you um, and your local church and leadership to, to walk you and talk you through that if you want. Um, so check us out there. Buy us a coffee. Um, Lance, I wanted to, as we close out today's episode, I'm excited to let you know about the chance you have right now to help legacy dads uh, going strong and encouraging you in your parenting journey. After all, parenting is a journey, right? It's more like a roller and coaster, I think. But you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> believe me, and it's not always an easy one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you and I, you know, we we both know that we need each other. Uh, just like you know, uh, in men's ministry, we need each other as men, and we need that constant daily reminder of Christ's sufficiency um, in the face of our insufficiency and of His perfection in the face of our imperfection as mothers and fathers. And this is why Legacy Dads is partnered with Christian Parenting, which helps produce and distribute this show. Um, Christian Parenting is an online ministry uh, that's helping over a half a million parents a month find freedom in being the perfectly imperfect parents uh, they were meant to be. And today I want, or I should say I want, Lance and I want to ask you to give a generous donation to help keep Christian parenting and legacy dads going strong. Okay, so you can uh, make a donation today by simply just texting CP Charlie Papa Give to 474747. That's CP Give to 474747. Um, you can also uh, be able to give a generous donation by going to the cpgive.org website. That's cpgive.org. And you may also find 
Dante and I did uh, some videos up on there for a conference. I think you can still get, uh, if you can get the conference videos if you want as well on there. Um, but when you give, you'll be entered into a drawing to win the Perfectly Imperfect Parenting Bundle full of great parenting resources like um, some identity cards, which encourage your kids encourage your kids to figure out who they are in Christ, um, the Mark by Prayer Prayer Journal, and a one hundred dollar Amazon gift card in that package. Again, Christian Parenting is a hundred percent donor funded and relies on listeners like you to support the future creation of parenting resources. So today, if you've been impacted by this podcast, please make a donation to Christian Parenting by texting CP Give to four seven four seven four seven. That's CP give four seven four seven four seven yeah and i just want to say on behalf of uh of dante and i here at legacy dads and the christian parenting we want to thank you for your generosity if you're able to give uh we really appreciate that and it just helps provide more resources more podcasts like this to christian parents out there because we know uh that we definitely need these resources so as always guys we want to say thank you so much for your support of legacy dads as well uh if you got any comments on this or you want uh, like dante said if there's any questions please hit us up on the closed facebook group over on the facebook um i also got some stuff up on instagram you can go over and like us on there send us a dm whatever uh we will we will definitely get back with you um and be sure like dante said have to buy us a cup of coffee um if you can buy us a cup of coffee we'd appreciate mm. it. it helps the church in malawi um i'll be giving some updates hopefully pretty soon i got some positive news so far on uh, heading over to malawi and i'll i'll let you know um when i hear the best news and we'll break that with you guys next time. we want to thank you guys for your support in helping the church in malawi over there and as always guys we love you guys we are praying for you guys we will see you guys next time take care and god bless Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Legacy Dads Podcast with Lance and Dante, real men, authentic faith. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit LegacyDads.org and on Facebook.com slash Legacy Dads and on Twitter at Legacy underscore Dad. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time on the Legacy Dads Podcast, real men, authentic faith.